Amen. Who here has ever seen an angel? You've seen an angel. No one. No one's ever seen an angel. Huh. Do they exist? Do angels? How do we know if we've never seen one? How do we? Because the Bible says so. Do you guys just believe everything the Bible says? Oh. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad. I must be in the right house. Well, I actually have a person that has a testimony about seeing an angel. Oh, she's right here. Well, hi, Patty. Patty has seen an angel. And that's something that's interesting because I get it. Not everyone has seen an angel, even though the Bible says, be careful who we entertain. Because I'm not serious. You say you believe the Bible. I mean, I believe you. But I'm telling you, think about this. The Bible says, be careful who we entertain because that, that being or person could actually be an angel and an angel of the Lord. We might, who knows what? We might, have, we might have seen 10 angels this week. We might have, there might have been an angel on the side of the road. There might have been an angel with a broken down car or an angel in Walmart that needed help or I don't know. But you've actually seen a real live angel. Yes, yes. Hey, would you come up? This, this is Patty's husband. And um, his name is Angel. Come here a second. All right, come on up. Come on up. All right, so, so Patty has actually seen a real live angel. But we won't be given their testimony, but I would like soon, in the, especially in the coming new year, to actually for you to, to give your testimony on how you met and how, in a sense, I mean, really, an angel actually came into Patty's life. It's interesting. And how God works all of that out is amazing. And I know we all have stories here this morning. I know, I know. But I, how do, I can't pass up a real life story where actually we have one of our own actually met an angel. Amen? Thank you, guys. Have a, yes, and they, they met here in this church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They actually met here in this church. I mean, so you are like a real person, right? I just... Uh, he, I don't. I don't know. See how he just laughed? No, I just. I shouldn't kid like that. Well, God bless you guys. A real angel. That's like. That's like awesome. That's yeah. Their story. Again, like we all have stories. Their story is very interesting in how they met and how God's been working in their life. We're going to be in Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And yes, we're going to be in the Christmas story. Merry Christmas. It's only 361 days before Christmas-ish. Is that really to be right, right? 361, we're four. Yeah, 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 361. Are you excited? 361 days before Christmas. It's awesome. Because I am telling you, before you know it, they're going to start setting up in, in Lowe's and Walmart. And I'm telling you, by the, end, by the beginning of January, they're going to start displaying Christmas stuff. I just, I see it coming. It's, it's on its way. So this morning, our sermon title, uh, welcome those on the web, by the way. Um, our sermon title this morning is out of Luke 
chapter 2, verses 8 through 20, and the title is Life After Christmas. There is life after Christmas. It's interesting that the amount of people that I've already talked to that have told me that, I mean, it's, it, they're just taken back because it, it seems like the Christmas day, just this thing, this thing builds up. I'm not, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's, it's Christ and it's Christmas and so don't hear me wrong, but still, how many people have already told me all the lights are gone, the trees down. I mean, you know, it's like there was Christmas and all of a sudden there's not, and it just like disappeared. Where did it go? You know, and and I just was amazed, and quite frankly, that's what spurred me on for this sermon. I I wasn't going to go somewhere else, but in praying, okay, God, as you've been leading me this year, God has been leading me week by week. It's uh, it's unusual for me. I, I just really, I've been a pastor a long time, and I've had God lead me. I've had God give me a sermon right at the last moment, for lack of a better way to say it, because I had to get myself aside. I'm serious. But I've been in a season of time for almost an entire year where God gives me what to say the week before I preach it. And it's an interesting place to be. And so as I prepared in prayer uh, for today's sermon, I kept hearing everywhere I went that that there was this buildup toward a Christmas day, and then all of a sudden it just went away mostly. You know, Christmas built up to this 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 big thing and this this great time, and then all of a sudden it's just like it just disappears. That ought not to be so, right? It ought not to be so. And I'm not saying it is for us here today, and I'm not saying it is for those listening on the web. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, it ought not to be so. So, I thought what we'd do for the next 52 Sundays is read the Christmas story every Sunday. I thought that'd be awesome. And uh, (laughs) I'm just seeing if you guys are listening. (laughs) We're not going to do that. You know why? Because a baby was born and then life continued. Not the same, but a baby was born, Jesus, but life continues. And that's an exciting thing. That's what we're going to talk about today. And yes, it, it's still around the Christmas story. So we're in Luke, right? So we're Luke, and I'm going to go to chapter 7. I know on the, the PowerPoint it says 8, but let's go to Luke chapter 2, verse 7. And here's what it says. It says, and she, which I'm going to clarify some of this because I'm jumping into the middle of the story. And she, which is Mary... And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there was in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, Praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Woo-hoo! Can you imagine? 
There wasn't anyone, and that's okay, don't, don't go around looking for angels. But there wasn't anyone that said, you've seen an angel, and that's okay. But let's just say we did. Let's just say we, we, we all of a sudden an angel appeared. Could it not? Could God, could God not allow an angel to appear? Okay. And then the angel said, don't be afraid. For unto you this day is born a Savior. Now think about this. <laughs> think about this. An angel appears and says, unto you this day is born a Savior. Naming his name, Jesus Christ the Lord. And then all of a sudden, a heavenly host just appears. And you hear this roar of glory to God, praise to God. Now, come on. <laughs> come on. <laughs> You would, you, would be, you would not be looking at them like you're looking at me right now. Hey, it wouldn't happen. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what these shepherds must have been feeling, what they must have been experiencing? Not only did this angel appear, and not only were they afraid, rightfully so, but the next thing you know, that just the heavens open up. And by heavenly hosts, I, mean, I don't know exactly what that means, but it, it means it means the heavens literally, if you will, this veil separated or this like like a curtain. We could relate it to a curtain opening up to this big drama or this big, big play. And next thing you know, they were looking into heaven with all these angels praising God. Oh. I would pray, Lord, let it be, but. We'd be afraid, all right. Go to verse 15. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, and the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying, which was told to them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. Do you really, I'm not doubting you, but just hear me out. Do you really believe the Bible? I mean, do, do we really take that this is the Word of God given by inspiration of the Spirit of God to, to us, to man? Do we really, and, and again, don't take these as, as, as trying to put doubt in our minds. But if you take this scene for what it's worth and believe it in, in the word of God, knowing that this really took place and that it hasn't gone away because this is a birth of a baby, Jesus, that came, was born in a manger, lived a life, started a ministry to give glory to God, to reconcile man to him, that even to this day lives on, even though he was crucified, buried, and now he's risen again. He's on the right-hand side of God, and his ministry continues to this day. 
for anyone that will repent and believe and put their trust in him. Now think about this. Think about this. So have angels gone away? No. Could angels appear today? The Bible says so. Has Jesus gone away? No. The shepherds, after experiencing the birth of a Savior, after being told and shown, and they've heard and they saw the reality of God as a baby, did they just go home and never think about it again? No. The Word says, Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and they had seen and had been told. So today I want to unpack the rest of the story, the rest of the Christmas story that I, sh- I, I believe is throughout Scripture, but I believe is so well told right here in these shepherds. For we're all in a way like shepherds. A lot of us, you know, maybe we don't realize that some say shepherds were esteemed. Uh, they were highly uh, 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 sought after that they that they were, uh, you know, these these people that that just were so awesome and so great. But for the most part, they weren't. I mean, if you think about it, their job was to watch after a bunch of sheep, usually by themselves, or they'd have one or two. But usually, you know, you think about it, they have three hundred, five hundred, a thousand sheep, and they're out all by themselves, you know, and they talk to sheep. <laughs> And they eat with the sheep, and they're watching the sheep. And shepherds were probably pretty strange, quite frankly. And I'm not saying, just saying, though, we can be a little strange. We live in a world that's strange. We live in a world that's, that, in a sense, is no different than this world back then. I, I, know, I know we have technology and social media, and I, I know you say, well, we have cars and stuff like that. But I'm telling you, people are people. Sin nature, sin nature. I'm telling you, no matter where you put us, past, present, or in the future, people will still be people doing people stuff. So let's break this down. I want to break this down because I started looking at this, and it parallels, I believe, what God has been and where God has been taking us this entire year. We talk about looking to see what God's doing and getting in on it. That's what he had them doing all the way back here. Watch this. Let's break this down. So first of all, in verse 8, it says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, living life. They were living their life, just like we live our life. Every one of us is living our life. And it says, Keeping watch over the flock by night, and behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. Well, you know, we're all keeping watch over our own life. We're all just kind of doing our, our own thing, right? You know, we all have uh, different jobs or maybe we're retired or whatever the case may be. But the bottom line is we're all living life and we're all doing our, our thing. We're watching over our own life. We're watching over our family. We're watching whatever the case may be. But we're living life, and we're all kind of watching over our life. And the next thing you know, I don't know about everyone in this room, and I don't know about everyone on the the web that's listening, but I know most in this room, the angel of the Lord has stood before you. The Spirit of Christ has spoken to you. Now, it might have not been something that you saw physically, 
but by the word of God and by the spirit of God, a revelation given to you. Has that, is that not true? That God has stood before you and revealed to you that you're a sinner in need of a savior. Is that not true? You hear what I'm saying? So in that sense, the angel of the Lord, or I'm going to say to parallel this, the spirit of God has, has infiltrated your heart by his word and his spirit, and he has revealed to you the need for the Savior. And, and I'm, I'm just, it's interesting how a couple of things happen here. Number one, immediately with the shepherds, the angel of the Lord said, don't be afraid, because the Bible says they were afraid. Now, it's interesting, too, if you think about it, when, when the word of God, by the spirit of God, reveals to us our need to be saved, was there a, a reverent fear there in your heart? Now, I'm not saying you're afraid of God. I'm not saying, but, but think about this. Think about this. If God were to show up right now and manifest himself, and he were to reveal to us our sin, can, can you go here with me for a minute? Reveal to us our sin, meaning supernaturally show us within ourselves our sin. I remember that day. And I, I can't say I was afraid. They they physically saw the shepherds saw the manifestation of an angel. I would be afraid too. But when the Spirit of God, through His Word, revealed to me my sin. I wasn't afraid. I, I was. Uh, I was ashamed, and I felt. I don't know how else to explain this. Can I? Can I be a little transparent here for a minute? I felt dirty. There's some other words I could use. I'm not going to. Uh, but I'm telling you, within myself, it was like you know, for the for the shepherds. The heavenlies opened up, and this 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 multitude of heavenly hosts just shone upon them, giving God praise and glory. And that day that God revealed to me my sin, He opened up my heart and He showed and revealed to me my sin. And I knew that my sin separated me from Him. There wasn't even a question. I wasn't afraid. I was humbled. I think I could say I was scared because I realized God was showing me these things and I was going to have a decision to make. Ah. Well, we continue on, and the angel tells the shepherds, verse 10, to, to don't be afraid. And he says, I, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Of great joy. And can you imagine God sitting down with this and having this conversation saying, Tony, I, I just want you to know, I want you to see your sin. And then all of a sudden I have this great joy. It's not what he's saying. It's not what's going on. It's not that kind of joy. It's not a ha-ha joy. It's not a give me life joy. It's not do it if it feels good joy. The kind of joy he's talking about leads to peace. An understanding that we are sinners separated from God. But a baby was born. 
the Savior of the world has come. The Word has become flesh to dwell among His people, God's people, that we might see through Jesus the very attributes of God that no man can be without an excuse because through Christ, God in the flesh, the very attributes of God were shown. Now, you might say, but I wasn't there. Just like, you know, uh, no one in this room said, well, I've seen an angel. Okay? But you still believe they exist. Well, we weren't there when Jesus was born. I, I, I know that, you know. And, and we weren't there, I don't, know, I don't know how to even say that. Like, praise God, I guess. I don't know. But when everything played out and he was crucified, I can't even imagine being there. I can't even imagine. But it's the reality. It's the reality. So here's my point. Kind of like point one. Don't really have any points this morning, but like point one. A Savior is born. That's for eternity. Christmas is every day. Merry Christmas. Number two. God has chosen to reveal himself to every single person in this room. Every single person living or hearing me on the, the web and every single person living on this earth. Verse 11, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. God has revealed to us the truth. So as we read in verse 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. The heavenly host are praising God and giving God glory. Go to verse 15. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven and the shepherds said to one another, let's now go to Bethlehem and see what's going on. Okay. All right. So so the the day is, uh, it's not here, but it was similar to this. And I actually walked down an aisle in my case because the pastor must have given an invitation. And so, but I've never been to church. Some of you don't know. It was the first time I went to church in my life. And the next thing I know, hour and a half later, I'm standing in front of this pastor guy that I, I mean, I only know he's a pastor because they said he was. I mean, serious, I don't know nothing. And he shares with me the gospel, literally word for word, the word of God. And as he spoke the word of God in Romans 3.23, for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God, that word and the spirit of God just revealed to my spirit, it was true. And I'm hearing things for the first time, and it's true. And it's like, I think about it now, and I guess why I grab this, when I just think about the heavenlies open up, it's like God just took my heart and he opened it up to truth. He just opened it up. Some of you might say, he's never done that with me, Pastor Tony. I mean, that, that hits me all the time, and I'm going to put it on the table. I, I try to walk around that, and I try to be careful sometimes, which I need to be careful. Because not everything's this... You know, like like Saul, who got knocked off the white horse and became Paul, and not everything's this this uh, this this big moment in time. And I mean, I get all that, I understand all that. But listen to me: if the heavenlies were to open up, and right now there were angels, and we could all see in the heaven, and they're all praising God, come on, something's different, right? 
if God invades our heart, if he reveals to us our sin, he opens it up. Just like the heavenlies open, he opens up our heart and he puts it on display. And he says, Tony, you're a sinner separated from me. How do you not know that? You do know that. The, the shepherds immediately went. They went. And what did they do? They went and told what God has done. First, first sign you're walking with, with the Lord. First fruits. First fruits is that you go and tell others of what he's doing in you. First fruits. Don't be afraid, he says. Don't be afraid. We struggle a lot sharing our faith. I mean that as people. I mean that as, I mean, just go to, as far as I, I know, most, the majority of every church in the United States and just ask people, how much do you share your faith? Well, Barna did that as a research group that's very well recognized for their accuracy and went out and spoke to tens of thousands now over the years, probably hundreds of thousands of people. And they come back with this stat, only 2% of all that say that they're a born-again believer ever have shared their faith. Do you think that's possible? Come on, look at me just a moment. I'm not, these aren't words of condemnation. We're, I'm going somewhere with this. I hope to encourage us, I hope, <laughs> through the Word of God. Is it possible that as the heavenlies were opened and the, and the angels were giving praise to God, that the, that the shepherds would say nothing? No, no, I, I doubt it. Is it possible that God opens our heart and reveals to us our sin, but now says, I want to reconcile you, you to me through my son? That I might be with you and my love might be in you and that your joy might be complete and my peace might be given to you. Is it possible we would just keep our mouths shut? Come on. Is it, hey, on the web, is it possible? I say no. I say it's not possible. Then how does it happen? This is how it happens. Number one, we become afraid. Well, what if I say something? Or what if I, you know what, I, if I try to tell someone about, about, you know, Jesus, or if I try to do this or try to do that, you know, they, they'll, they'll shut me down. They'll say bad things about me. Well, I can't do that in my workplace because, and, and I know there's reality here, so just, but, but hear me out. I can't do it in my workplace. And, and, and the devil and the world has set up, we have set, we've been set up <laughs> to be in, deceived and to believe that we can't speak the things of Christ. So why have we believed that lie? Why have we become afraid? That's the, that's the question I want to answer this morning. Well, one reason it might be is because we're not really saved. The heavenlies really have not been opened up and the revelation has not really been given by the Spirit of God. That might be one reason. Okay, so so if you will, we'll just put that aside for a moment because I believe I'm speaking mostly to believers even 
now this morning. So why as believers, how have we received this lie and how have we all of a sudden come to a place where we're not sharing what Christ is doing in our life? Two main reasons. One, because we're not walking with him as a believer. We might be a believer, but we're not interacting with him. We're not experiencing God. We're not looking to see what he's doing, getting in on what he's doing. We're not being obedient and faithful to what he has for us. You know what I'm saying? Think about it. Because if God is active and he's working in my life, I'm going to share that. I, I don't care what the, the government says in that sense. I don't care what people will think of me because it's not about me. If God is actively working in my life and his grace and his mercy is actually intertwining himself within me and as I repent and I believe and I'm obedient to the word of God and as I mature, not legalistically, not like, well, I got to be one through ten and oh, I got to do this, I got to do that. No. Because as I grow closer to him, he grows closer to me. And that love, I want to tell you about his love. I want to tell you about his love that changes me and that loves me for who I am. We seek that so desperately. Even in this room, I, you know, let me be transparent for you. I know our hearts that deep down we desperately seek the love of God. And we desire for him to be in our life. And we allow these things to take us away. And we just kind of slowly fade. And the, the shepherds, the Bible says that they went immediately. This is the part. I mean, I grabbed this. And, and they went immediately. And, and they told people. And you know what it says in the Bible? What did the people do that they told? What was their response? What was the people's response? And they received it. When people heard of the things of God and what was going on in their life, the people they told received it. And you might go, well, they lived in another world. They live in a No, they didn't. They, they were shepherds. You got to think about this. When, you know, for the most part, I think, I'm taking a little liber, liber, liberty here, but I really do think that most people thought they were a little strange. And for them to go up to you and go, you know what, I was in, uh, we were tending to sheep, and you wouldn't believe this, but the heavens opened up, and there was, they were like praising God and stuff like that. You would think, oh, ho, ho. You know, they, they think, look at the shepherds and go, you're nuts. You need to go back and tend the sheep because you're nuts. No, the Bible didn't say that. The Bible said they received it. Why did they receive it? Because it was the reality of God working in their life. I think, I know it was God, all God, but I really do believe you guys that as the shepherds went out and spoke these things, they spoke it with such conviction and such reality that people couldn't doubt it. You can't make this stuff up. You get what I'm saying? Maybe said of us that God works so in our life that we share with others. Verse 17 now, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this Christ. And all those who heard it marveled at those th of those things which were told to them by the shepherds. Number three. 
we're going to call out this spirit of fear because it's not true. Fear is an excuse. When we say we're afraid to share our faith, it comes from either a lack of relationship or we're not saved at all. And again, don't, 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 don't take these as condemning words like, oh my gosh, I, I got to go out every day and I got to be happy about sharing my faith. And See, that's not God. That's not love. It's an overflow of our walk. It's a step at a time. It really, really is. It's a step at a time. But it's a step. There is no fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. If we're afraid to share our faith, then stop it in the name of Jesus. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Greater is Jesus in me than the devil that's in the world. Greater is Jesus in me and my belief and my knowing. Do I believe the word of God? I ought to. He lives in me. How would I not believe that? How would I not share that? He lives in me. Fear in the name of Jesus. You're not real. It's fabricated. Granted, there might be a little here and there. There might be a reality of fear, hit and miss. But overall, 98% of all believers that don't share their faith, you really think fear is that powerful? No, it's a dupe. It's a fake. You've been deceived. So (laughs) take a deep breath. Put that aside. Look at reality. It's from our lack of walk in him. As we walk with him like we would anyone. I'm looking at a couple faces today, getting to know some people. The more I get to know people, the more I know about people, right? That's how it works. And the closer we become and the more we can understand how to pray for one another and and how to help one another out. That's how it works. And our relationship with God is no different. We still live in this world. You know, I get it. I was telling Willie this morning. Because Willie spurred it out of me. I mean, see, that's why I like it, Will. See, Willie, that's why I love it. I love it. I love take a deep breath, and we just had a short conversation. But I love, I love it. And I'm thinking, you know, we're talking about the world. We're talking about things, life just in general. And then I'm, I'm remembering as I'm talking to Willie, you know, as I go about life, you know, you know I go to Wawa and Racetrack. Most of you know that's my, like, my tour. And, yes, they serve coffee there. That's why. But. And as I go into those places, some days I go, they're not so happy. Sometimes I go in, I mean, most of the times they're always happy. Good morning, you know, I've told you how many times I've gotten a free cup of coffee. Dozens of times. I don't know why. I I really think it's a God thing. And then sometimes I think, well, it's too much coffee, so maybe it's not all God. I don't know. But I come to the realization a lot of times when I'm going into racetrack and I'm going in my everyday life like the shepherds. I'm just living life. And all of a sudden, the cashier is not as happy as she normally is. Or this person doesn't hold the door for me. Or worse yet, I don't get a free cup of coffee. And I'm going, what's this? And I'm telling you, all of a sudden, the realization hits. Most of the time, it's not even them. It's because I'm not smiling, and I'm not having a good day. It's not about me, but I'm telling you, as I walk with Christ, and I I just, this is, Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. As believers, we're to live a life of joy and peace. I don't mean falsely. 
I mean out of an overflow of our love for God. And, and, and as I enter into racetrack and I enter, I, I have God's joy most of the time. I have his peace. The overflow is the response I normally get. I'm getting a reflection of who I am, I'm telling you. And most of the times when things around me aren't doing well, I need to take a mirror and go, oh, you think you're smiling on the outside? Tell your face because you're not. Anyone in conflict right now with somebody? Anyone? Any kind of conflicts going on? Some? Now, just take this to heart. I mean, it's okay. It doesn't mean it's your fault. Or, But most of the times, the Bible will say, in James, we've talked about that. Most of the times when we're in conflict, it's because a smile is not on our face, not theirs. It's because of our selfish desires, not the other person's. Most of the time. Not all the time, most of the time. So it ends like this. <laughs> I, I, this is, I started with this, and, and I'll end like this. Then the she- This is verse 20. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen and was told to them. And re- remember, I started off this morning when I said this is a playback on the whole year. Some of you don't know this. You're visiting this morning or even on the web. But this whole year, we've been talking about looking to see what God is doing around us because it's not just about Four Corners Baptist Church. It's not just about a church with four walls. It's not just about coming to gather here in this place because this is a place to gather for God's people. The Bible says that we gather here that we might edify one another, that we might build one another up, that we might encourage one another, that we might come and hear the Word of God and we would be equipped to know what the Word of God says. And as we are equipped and as we worship and as we celebrate and as we fellowship and as we work in our gifts that God has given to all of us and as we come together, I'm telling you, it's like the heavens open up. And we leave this place filled with the Spirit of God, filled with the Word of God, filled with the encouragement only He can give. And we go out of here going, woohoo! Yeah, just like this right here. It's like, uh, I want to tell you about my Jesus. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Don't, don't leave here going, oh, yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, this one. <laughs> <Don't>, no. <laughs> we, we, need, we need to go out and we need to say, yeah, I, you know what? I've been duped. I'm not afraid. You know, that's going to try to come up against me. But you know what? No. I'm going to share the love of God at the place I'm at. See, God only expects us to share where we're at. We don't need to share beyond where we're at. We don't need to make up stories. We don't need to make it seem grand. Just share where we're at. People will listen. I'm telling you, people are hungry for the truth. Romans 10, 9 and 10. I'm going to jump up a a minute first. It says this, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. Who's preaching? Now, I realize there's reference to a pastor. I understand that there's the, the Bible references to a pastor that's preaching the word of God. Amen. That's a part of equipping. That's a part of gifts and talents. That's a part of the church, a part of the body. But you know what? It doesn't alleviate when Jesus said, Go ye into all the world. 
making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He's telling us to go. Who? Those who believe. Those who know Christ. But what does it say? The word. The word. What does the word say? But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. Is the word near you, in your, in, in your mouth, and in your heart? That's the one question. Just answer that this morning. I know you might, some might not feel like that, especially after, you know, uh, parties and family and staying up late. And, and I'm not just saying that to be silly. I, I understand we, get, we can get weary. We can get tired even as believers, right? We can, I know. But what does it say? The word is near you, in, near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. People of God, born-again believers, from the manger to your heart, do not be afraid. Share the love of God where you're at. And watch people around you respond. And if they, for some reason, which is very rare, I have found, very, very rare that someone responds negatively, it's okay. It's not about you. For it's the word that's in you, in your mouth, and near to your heart. It's about God. Verse 9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Everyone together, what's that word? You might be saved. You will be saved. He goes on to say, say this. He says, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. There's an action. There's a fruit. There's a response to a Savior. You know, we, we, I don't know about you, but I hear verse 9 a lot, which is good. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 10 that goes on to say, what is the fruit of that? What happens? I mean, do you just go home? No. Verse 10 says, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. There's a response to God in our life. There's a response to his love. There's a response. How can it not be when he himself has invaded you? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word, that word of faith that only you can place in our hearts. And Father, I pray and I claim this morning, knowing your word and by your word, that if there's anyone in this room or listening by the way of internet, by the way of the web, that all of a sudden, the reality of a baby born in a manger, a sign given to all that a Savior has come, may it be so. May your word and your spirit and the revelation that only you can give open up the heart of those that have closed it. Open up the heart and reveal the sin that separates us from you, them from you. May salvation come to your house today for your name's sake, to your glory. That we might repent and believe this revelation we now feel and know by your word. We're sorry for our sin. Not because we're caught. 
but because you're just now revealing your love to us. You, you did and do love me. You do love those. And your desire is that we come to you. The only way you've made possible for that to happen is through your son. Your son that took away the sins of man, your Bible says, your word says. That if we will receive that free gift of eternal life, it is ours for the taking. For you've paid the cost. There's no cost to us, but it cost you everything. So be it. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> no, I really do appreciate that, sir. This is 2020, um, so that's happening the same Saturday, okay? And one last thing, Miss Carol asked me, uh, this Saturday, if anyone's available to help us, uh, um, we are talking about taking down, the, you know, uh, decor and stuff, but 9 o'clock in the morning, um, if you're available, she'd highly appreciate it. Matter of fact, let her know, because because not knowing is sometimes pretty difficult. So if you're available Saturday, nine o'clock, a uh, couple hours or what? Couple hours. Um, please let Miss Carol know. Go like this, Miss Carol. Okay. Now say hallelujah. No, don't be afraid. <laughs> Put, putting her on the spot. Um, God is good. All right. We're going to go with his love and his grace, his mercy, his peace, and his joy. May we leave here built up, edified, encouraged, and we share our faith with others that we come across. Amen? Amen. God bless you all.